right, that was uh, dancing. Uh, that was sorry. The track is uh, Dorada Muxibo, which translates to "Because of You, Muxibo." Uh, by I forget what the name of the band even is, but it's from a compilation called Mogadisco, uh, Dancing nice. Mogadishu. Uh, it's, oh, I am uh, in. <laughs> yeah, Somalian dance music from 1972 to 1991, released by a label called Analog Africa from Germany. Hmm. Um, their slogan is uh, "The future of music happened decades ago," which um, they've. I think I've listened to several of their releases, and probably all excellent. Yeah, uh, that song rules. Um, so anyway, um, uh, I, mean, I guess you could have a good time in Mogadishu. Sugar, oh honey, honey, I'm sugar and honey. You are my candy girl, and you got me. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I can. Okay, I'm gonna go a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Paul- this is this is the great lost segment. Uh, this is yes. This yes. is maybe the second time we were just like, oh, too offensive. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, go ahead. <laughs> that you know about. <laughs> um, uh, Paul, okay, so, but what... It, I, was things happening in Mogadishu, like, particularly terrible during that period of time? No, that was, like, before it got really bad. Oh, okay, I, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. So you could have a cool disco band instead of um, being a pirate. Yeah, so let's, a lot of these African countries, they have this great period, like, post post-colonial like right after they stopped being a colony but before like the really terrible dictator took power exactly this amazing music from yeah it was probably a really great time and um uh yeah probably unimaginably horrifying to see that all fall apart into uh warlordism see capitalism come back (laughs) well that's one way to think about european (laughs) European neo-colonial yeah capitalism that is yeah, certainly things went south. Mm-hmm. That's not a Global South joke. Sorry. That, that, no. Not intentional. No. Anyway. Um, uh, Paul, I don't think anyone would accuse you of making an intentional joke about the Global <laughs> South. Um, My family's curse is to uh, unintentionally make all the jokes. Yes, true. Uh, Paul, um, you know... We didn't really need to make a best of the uh, year list this year because Barack Obama's is just perfect. (laughs) Uh, Um, These 173 songs on it. (laughs) All of them. Uh, Marked with an asterisk. If they also appeared on his summer of 2019 Uh, playlist. uh I'm really glad he included that information for all the archivists uh, out there checking this well shit. you know there's got to be a few really big obama fans out there who've you know <laughs> listened to all his playlists future historians of the american empire will consider this a, an extremely valuable text and it's a good thing he went ahead and you know indexed it for them that's interesting like in terms of like roman emperors like looking like what would obama be i mean it would be a period of kind of uh like good not even good feelings <laughs> Yeah, nobody would know his name. 
Um, you know, he's going to be one of those emperors from just like a period where things were happening, but you don't necessarily know the individuals unless you're an expert. Yes. Um, it'll be, they'll be like, yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, the, the big marker for future historians will be the fall of the Soviet Union. And then, um, nine 11 will be like an episode in however this whole thing plays out Mm -hmm. from here. We're still in the beginning stages of the sort of sclerotic American empire period of history. Hmm. Yes, well put. Um, uh, yeah, I could see him being like sort of the hit, like the election of two thousand eight being the thing that makes him notable. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Then, he would be he would be an, a footnote in some history yeah. books, I'm sure. First black guy, sure. I'm arguing for the. I'm arguing for the. You know, the meaty column in like a a two paragraph per page textbook. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry, two column per page textbook. Yeah, 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 I don't, I don't think he'll, you know, I mean, a detailed one, sure, that's like going into the history, but I'm just saying, like, the layman of the future will be like, oh yeah, there was that period where, you know, the educated layman, where like, uh, you know, things were, they had, they had dominance, but things were sort of, you know, not that great, but they continued for a while. But the layman's gonna be like, oh, he was the guy before Trump. <laughs> Trump Trump is basically I was thinking about this before. Trump is pretty similar to our Caligula. Like just the stories will definitely last throughout history of yes. what a fucking nut he was, yes. you know? Yes. Um he he needed to, he needs to like actually start plating things in gold in the White House to please <laughs> or like bring bring some truly ridiculous animal into the White House. Yeah. That's what I want to like, to have sex with. <laughs> Oh man, Bill already did that. Mm-hmm. Come on. I think I guess Caligula was mostly having sex with his mother, supposedly, right? I th- it was mass orgies, as far yeah. as I know, just sex everywhere. No, that was Claudius's wife. Anyway, that they uh, both, both. I think both. Um, if you read I Claudius, it was just orgies yes. for for days. Oh, I have. Yeah. Um. Good book. Uh, anyway, book. man, Barack Obama. He has a playlist. Paul, this is your first time looking at it. Thoughts? Mm -hmm. I don't know any of these songs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But uh, the the couple I do know. um, Okay, Not by Big Thief. Great choice, Obama. I really, you know, thanks, Obama. Yeah, Obama. Uh, (laughs) um, Old Town Road? Come on, man. That's just, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. a politician. He's got to play to the people. I get it. So... It actually makes perfect sense. But I would figure, you know, if I fucking did all that shit, I got to be president. I ate all the shit I had to do to do that. Once I was done, and it truly did not matter what the fuck I did anymore, I think I would stop. Like, you would stop? Like, like playing to the crowd. Oh, like, I see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Old Town Road. My favorite, y'all. Right. Everybody's sick of that song, even the people who liked it. Uh, I don't know if that's true oh okay maybe you're right yeah. <laughs> no he's little nas was very popular at the <laughs> grammys according to twitter oh. um oh. but the grammys are another example of uh shameless pandering so yes yes uh talk about sclerotic yeah <laughs> so anyway joe your thoughts um are you impressed with its uh eclecticity 
Uh, no. Well, in a way, yes. I didn't know our former president was a voracious consumer of new music of all genres Mm -hmm. uh, with a a God tier level of diverse critical curiosity. Yeah. Uh, on the level, perhaps, of the Village Voice's famous Paz and Jop year-end list. <laughs> uh, he really, you know, he uh, is uh, a man of, of all tastes. Yeah, you know, I think if you, if you were to pay some underemployed uh, music journalists to form a committee to um, compose a playlist for you to deliver to the public to burnish mm-hmm. your image... I don't think you could do better than this. No, no. Wow, it does seem <laughs> this seems like Obama has really narrowed in on what that would be. <laughs> like, um, my my alternate theory is that someone just like found a generic list of like the hundred best, you know, uh, kind of popish songs of the year. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Okay, drag like your favorite thirty to another playlist next to it. <laughs> like, listen to it once if you like th- the song. Drag it there." That is extremely likely. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I listened to Connell Turo once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's hey, yeah, that's exactly a great explanation for putting Old Town Road on there because it yeah. really is really fun the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a it's a boring playlist. I yeah, to say. <laughs> I'd love to think of Obama listening to the National, um, uh-huh. just later Nash, the National albums, because that places him in such a, a like, you know, indie bro category. Yeah. Just like, you know, he kind of he's a a a single guy working on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> like like holding down a job in software engineering and uh awesome. I yeah. don't know, I could see that listening to the you, national. <laughs> I could see him um cultivating um uh the ability to name drop Bryce Desner as a modern classical mm, composer of mm-hmm. note. You know, just a thing to say uh at the wine party. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the kind of person he's met at some like like silicon oh, absolutely. valley yeah yeah they've both been at somebody's yeah. fundraiser or uh charity ball or something like that right um yeah uh <laughs> i don't have any other um uh particularly what is the dirtiest song on this list that's a great question um several of them are tagged as explicit on spotify um hmm. is the young thug wood thug one dirty uh, i mean travis scott usually does not keep it in his pants yeah let's uh, let's see i'm gonna go to genius all right and then you do another one yeah um hmm what should i do I, what, the, what the fuck is toast by coffee no idea <laughs> look at that shit up <laughs> I Wait. Like... Also, there's a song called "Toast" by a band named Coffee. Like, yeah, this better be a what? really annoying punk band. Um, no, it seems to be some sort of um, oh, Caribbean thing. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, we'll allow. Yes, it. it's a reggae song. Um, 
yeah, the you know the the London by J Cole uh, or Young Thug. J Cole's mm-hmm. verse includes "Could hit your bitch, you could never hit mine." Well, that's probably uh, true for Obama. He can say that. Yeah. Catch a contact. Hit you. Da, 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 da. Uh, I left left a flock of rappers dead and buried. Well, <laughs> Obama certainly left flocks dead and buried. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a, a solar or a wind power joke? I don't. <laughs> oh, that would be good. I, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, t- uh, uh, large groups of people that he drone bombed. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, that's also true. Yes. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, most I most of the lines I I cannot read. To you. <laughs> um, oh yeah 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 yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Obama can also say that. Yeah, that's true. Yep. 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 In fact, there's a uh, uh, there's some. F- some really funny bits from his audiobook of him uh uh let's say speaking a full in in uh uh the vernacular speaking in the full uh yes explicit tag from spotify mm, yeah well he can do that because he's born in africa again that's tr- <laughs> no wait hold on <laughs> um no, it's probably this. Uh this song um yeah. Uh this playlist is is uh lame, um uh, promised a lot, um but gets very little done. It's Much a- like Oh, Obamacare. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, just <laughs> saying things. all of all of yeah. Obama's presidents. So you murdered that. <laughs> Any of it, yes. Just, that's just the signal achievement. Uh, All right, we need to cut this fucking intro yes. off. <laughs> no, let's talk about his favorite movies of 2019. Oh, God. No. Wait, wait, what's the dumbest thing he made a favorites list of? Like, did he make, like, he favorite did books, meals? movies, and... Oh, part of the movies list are his favorite TV shows, which includes Fleabag Season 2. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> there's no... no you would have to kill him to keep that off the list. I mean, it's on my list too, but yeah. uh, there's no chance that such a list would go out without that on it. Yes, yes, that would just people. Why doesn't he, he would... troll us with his choices? That would be so much better than the pandering. I would love it if yeah. Obama just decided to fuck with the public. With... But that's the point. He's never had the balls <laughs> to fuck with people in that such a like meaningful way. Ah, oh, God, if I had his position. Where basically I could do anything and it didn't matter. Um, like nothing could touch me, nothing could harm me. Man, people would be like, "Holy shit!" Paul's post presidency was amazing. The, yeah, his playlist went hard. <laughs> well, no one would read that. I well, no, no, no. It would be a troll. I would find something funny to say. Just a uh, lot of like, like acid house. Just like a bunch of David Allen Coe songs about incest from 1972. Yes, exactly. Uh, Now this sounds like a good episode, but uh, it's time to start this episode. Yes, yes, and you don't stop. Cool ID, best rapper, you don't stop. Another fucking hundred fucking dollar freestyle for you and your mind. Come on, yeah, you can never define anything but divine love. I'm a savage beast, (laughs) slightly above average at least. Nah, preference is relative. My reference is consistently. Bring you to another vicinity I hit you with the riddles consistently Dead in the middle, a little triply Little did we know that we triggered a fissure In the metaphysical imagery Elegant painted in 
flowers see how dissolving the power is dissolving the hours as well the tower bell at the top of it a hawk a pigeon a dove a vision of love an eagle a falcon even and welcome to savage beast uh i'm joe gallagher um with me as always uh he is has was conceived in a live pig market in rural china and now he's a sensation spreading throughout the globe it's paul mcleod all the best things um mm. uh what have the pigs of china not given us is the question it's true um, uh, anyway <laughs> anyway um joe uh it has been reported uh, this is a callback to our last episode. Mm, um, seven the, years ago. Yeah, exactly. With uh, the no-name controversy, mm-hmm. uh, such as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been reported that uh, in the media, by mm. reputable uh, comedy podcasts, Ooh. that um, Kyle Kuzma uh, mm-hmm. slept with Lizzo. Does this insulate him from charges of racism forever? Uh, is what? Wait, isn't <laughs> Kyle Kuzma black? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, could always use the extra protection. I don't know. That's the joke. So, <laughs> I've confused you so badly. <laughs> it's like, is Kyle Kuzma racist? No, no, no. The callback is that No Name accused her fans of liking Lizzo just to not be racist. Oh, see, I totally forgot that that part of the discussion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In that case, by no name standards, yes. Yeah. Um, Kyle Kuzma could never be racist. Yeah. Uh, which That's cool I, for him. I had bigger concerns for him. <laughs> um, uh, and um, uh, he did once delete a tweet about uh, where, or he deleted a retweet uh, when a fan suggested he. They, they posted a picture of him with his arm around Lakers owner Jeannie Buss and suggested Kuzma had had slept with her, and that's mm-hmm. why he was held back in the Anthony uh, Davis trade. And yeah. he retweeted it, and then quickly <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's a case where I bet he just thought that was funny as hell. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was probably stoned. <laughs> And he retweeted it. That part for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the the same <laughs> guys. Like, just don't uh, NBA people like Daryl Morey and Kyle Kuzma should not tweet while on substances um, <laughs> for yes. their own sake. Yes. Damn, anyway, Daryl Morey on some crazy like synthetic mushroom he'd bought like in Japan. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool. Some kind of weird tea. Just huge. He's like this huge crystal dragon. Will let me say anything I want without consequences. He's telling me which memes to post. The dragon wants Hong Kong to be free, man. Mm-hmm. The people deserve a voice. Um, yeah. Coronavirus. Good stuff. Um. Uh, so good. I mean, it's the latest stuff. Pretty. What does you it know, even do? I was going to look this up earlier. I know nothing about this disease. All those viruses just kind of like melt your insides, you know? They never, it's it's not pleasant, but like. Yeah. Is it I like feel, H1N1? It's just like a really bad flu or what? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't know if it's more like in that zone or more in like the Ebola. Okay. Zone. If it's in the Ebola insides melting zone, then fuck that shit. Yeah. You know. Ugh. 
Um, yeah, we won't uh, we won't bore our listeners by or terrifier. By educating me about memes that everybody knows about? Um, no, just ha- yes. Well, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am reading. Uh, um, yeah, uh, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> like, uh, uh, but no, I think it's basically like a fever, feverish type thing that you die from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no fun. Old school. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, Joe, let's listen to some tracks and talk about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what do you want to start with? Let's do DJ Shadows Hip Hop. Okay. Here comes Ben Eusta. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, you just lay down slow. The flows are being copied at Kinko's, kinda like Vegas did to Reno. But it's only one push Tarantino, the only gun in the room held by a gringo. Cinco de Mayo, powder to the pyro, sing a lullaby to you stands like I'm Dido. It's proven suicidal, when, when, when you turn your idols into rivals. My brother turned a brick into a bible. Hove turned apple in a title. Tom Brady still throwing spirals. The Bulls legacy is all Michaels. Kawhi blacking out in the finals. You witnessing the best of all cycles. Yeah. I've been used to playing in the shadows. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been used to playing in the shadows. Every snake doesn't have a rattle. I've been used to playing in the shadows. All right, that was Ben Eusta featuring. I'm not even going to say the name if you don't know. Fuck you. Stop listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, featuring Pusha, featuring Pusha T uh, on DJ Shadow's latest album, Our Pathetic Age, which that's funny. I'll laugh at that title. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, talk about the song because when you crank it on your headphones, the percussion fucking kicks. Yes. And also, um, push a T. I don't care what he's saying; it's usually pretty cool. Ah, but so the good. the sound of his voice just rules. Um, uh, yeah, his brother turned a brick into a Bible. Um, almost literally true. Anyway, um, and uh, yeah, it's um, uh, one of my favorite tracks. It's a, actually just a bonus track from this hour and a half long album. Um, which is actually only like 45 minutes long because you don't have to listen to the first half of all instrumentals because they're boring. And instead, you can just listen to all the ones with rappers on top of them, um, which I enjoyed uh, finding out that DJ Shadow is um, maybe not a visionary um, uh, sort of analog electronic music genius anymore, but he is um, a very capable producer for uh, the sort of um technical verbal style of rappers he likes to work with and um it's worth noting yeah dj shadow uh you know kind of presenting the low-key version of his classic sampled beats um uh with a lot of really really good rappers on top of it it's just gonna be a winning combo yeah um and i I listened to the whole album and really liked it the run to jewels has got a great track on here Mm -hmm. called kings and queens um and but this one's this one stood out to me even when I when I listened to the whole album, uh, 
I love uh, Pusha's the the first couple verses are a call that are basically straight from uh, Biggie's going back to Cali, mm. um, and it just kind of flows so nicely into Pusha's stuff. I mean, Pusha could kind of probably rap like almost any classic nineties oh, yeah. hip hop verse uh incredibly well i mean if you push it to me as one of the five greatest rappers ever he's he's yes yes um yeah especially in terms of sheer talent and flow yeah we got 20 uh, years of pusha at this point you that's know true wow yeah. um good good for you pusha uh and um uh I think some of that DJ Shadow Magic left, as you were saying. I was surprised to uh, find maybe the maybe the the rapping kind of refreshed it a bit, but yeah, I found myself jonesing for that special DJ Shadow running through the streets of London at night vibe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that is true. Kind of the ultimate DJ Shadow expression is the rabbit in the headlights video. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also enjoyed uh, Samuel T. Herring popping up on the title track uh, mm-hmm. of this album uh, from Future Islands. A good dude. Um, but yeah, so if you're a DJ Shadow fan or just a rap fan, we recommend Our Pathetic Age. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next, Joe? Let's keep going and listen to uh, let's listen to another. Let's just listen to your shit. Okay, we can that, do that. you suggested. Uh, jig, we'll say, by Ski Mask, S K E E Space Mask, off of his EP ISS 004. Um, typically, uh, impenetrable naming conventions for mm-hmm. an electronic uh, producer. Anyway, um, I just wanted to highlight this because um, uh, actually, when I was listening to it just out before the show, um, I was listening to the second track right after this, Slow Music, uh, from the EP, and it is, um, uh, it's actually even better. So this one, Jug, is like a really interesting sort of technical exercise where he has one little thing, one little sort of rhythmic pattern that he plays for uh, five and a half minutes um, and repeats the same pattern pretty much the whole time, but does something new literally every single pass through, and it's all... Uh, pretty interesting and I was able to just sit there and sort of like focus in on um, five and a half minutes of this uh, weird um, beat 
and uh, just enjoy how it shifted slightly each time around. And sometimes the shifts are big and sometimes they're small. It was cool. Uh, slow music, the next track, is like... Um, uh, it approaches that sort of like weird alien movingness that like sort of abstract Aphex Twin can have. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, the point is Ski Mask. I really enjoyed his stuff. And um, uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of my favorite... Um, outside of maybe John Hopkins and Aphex Twin, uh, some of my favorite electronic music of recent times. Uh, wow, high praise. Yeah. Um, okay, I need to listen to the whole AP, EP for sure. Yeah, um, yeah for, with this one, uh, I was like, I was, I was um, in the groove with it uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and uh, my, my need for... 80% Aphex Twin may be slightly lower than yours, but that uh, doesn't really influence my overall critical appraisal of the track. <laughs> um, I did wish that I'd like consumed any drugs before listening to this one. Drugs are definitely good. You definitely want to just like sort of, um, yeah. Marijuana allows you to sort of, you know, focus in on the weird shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So Yes. And, that's uh, so I've heard. Smoking some spice you purchased from a guy outside the Seven <laughs> Eleven. That that's what really gets it going. Look, it's just it's a salvia track. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I know another guy outside another Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> well, you can get that in the Seven um, Eleven. Maybe they made it illegal. At no, they made it. They made it illegal. Ah, damn. Yeah, a while ago. The last time I checked was like literally fifteen years ago. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's right. When it became illegal. <laughs> Well, all good things. Back um, to Japan. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I don't have too many more thoughts on that. It's uh, If you're into that kind of uh, weird electronic music, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, we have... Let's, let's, yeah, talk go- about, uh, let's talk about a track uh, that I've been jonesing to discuss for a while. Uh, uh, Industry. Yeah. Uh, a track by Michael Gordon. Um, on Johnny Greedwood's um, new classical record series, classical recording series, Octatonic, um, here performed by Oliver Coates and Johnny Greenwood. A selection from industry, uh, uh, a piece for cello and distortion hmm. by Michael Gordon. Um, when this that track really 
from what I understand, has Oliver Coates playing the cello, and then Johnny Greenwood is basically playing the distortion panels pedals live alongside him makes sense yeah um that rules Mm -hmm. um yeah go on uh yeah and i just i you know i love this track i i kind of bought um it's on a, a a platter if you will um with a uh the other side of the of the of the lp is um a recording of johnny greenwood's classical piece three miniatures from water which is really great um, but i thought okay i, I kind of noticed that this piece was for for cello and i was like okay i'm gonna listen to this too because it was picked by johnny it's probably pretty good hmm. um johnny greenwood being the guitarist from radiohead if anyone doesn't know that yeah that's uh, another fuck you stop the podcast <laughs> if you don't yeah. know um and uh uh it well uh, it just blew my mind um it's as the piece builds the there's sort of this dramatic pulling um, cello riff that that you know just repeats um, in variations over and over. Slowly gets this crushing distortion adding to it. Um, you start to feel really kind of disoriented and hmm. and and I think a little. Uh, um, it's not it's, like the most pleasant sound, but it's also very compelling. Yeah, it's tense for sure. Yeah. Tense is a good word. Yes, uh, always is. Um, and then suddenly there's a real crunch of distortion and rock, and it, it breaks into a different uh, kind of frantic. It goes uh, into a heavy metal riff, basically. Yes, yes, totally. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I I liked it because it was so exciting and something I, I hadn't heard before. Yeah. This is kind of like, you know, funnily, this is kind of like the um, avant-garde uh, the aggressively avant-garde uh, distorted cello music I have always had in my head. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, sort of, you know, it didn't sound, I didn't know what the melody was, but this is a version of it. Um, and like, honestly, like I, uh, my brother plays cello and I've uh, daydreamed about um, doing tracks, uh, not totally out of this style. I would probably add like other elements, but um, uh, it's, um, it rules. It's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, the The initial sort of theme, you know, I really was just like getting into, um, you know, like we said, a very sort of like aggressive, intense uh, theme um, being played at different points of the scale over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, you know, it always uh, pulls into this uh, multi-string uh, uh, uh what the fuck uh dual tone not a chord but the one with two anyway uh (laughs) two notes at the same time um (laughs) uh yes uh there is uh, harmony is melody there's another there's another fucking word (laughs) fuck it we're not getting there we're professional music critics we don't need to know this stuff um anyway um but anyway uh every time he settles you know he does a little every time he settles into the longer um two note sustained uh Mm -hmm. thing you can hear him especially on a good on a good system uh sort of like searching around for exactly the right tone combination um that will work as it sort of drags along and every time it's like sort of shifting around a little bit um and so it's just like uh it's one of those things that's like infinitely interesting because you can hear both the composition mm-hmm. and the performance interacting in a in a really cool way at the same time 
And then on top of that, yeah, uh, we get the distortion, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the song, like you said, just goes fucking nuts uh, towards the end. Of it, it actually rocks out. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, and possibly it does so. Yeah, and it's like, cello. when it started, I was like, I hope this rocks out at the end. And then it did, and I was like, yes. Okay, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> uh, dyad is the word you were looking for. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, like um, those Jedis in the latest uh, Jedi movie. Anyway. Uh, which I haven't seen. Yeah, well, uh, spoiler alert, there's a dyad. Mm. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've always, I've always loved the cello. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's always, there's always seemed, I guess, you know, um, Bach would agree with me that there's just real possibilities for beauty within its particular register. Yeah. I don't think there's any instrument that just like one single note sounds more, mm-hmm. more just pleasant and beautiful than a cello. Yeah. It's cause it's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, string, classic string instrument so it mm-hmm. has that um the slow uh, attack um, the slow decay yes and the, the there's so as you said there's so much emotion within one note and then yeah the just vibrato to get, and tone shifting for sure yeah. and then the the way that it can f- do that um you know lower on this on mm-hmm. the scale and a deeper it sort of pierces you in a deeper way but it still completely maintains that that complexity absolutely every note um yeah cello rules mm-hmm. um if if that were the only instrument we had you know i don't think i would complain um, yeah but uh yeah uh i should have learned it instead my large brother did which is probably good it makes sense uh with large hands anyway um great uh we should probably try to figure out if michael gordon did anything else awesome he probably did. Yes, um, I think he's he's still alive, and I think he has done other uh, cool classical shit. So, cool. Um, but I have not listened to any of it. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, if it makes you happy, Joe, maybe we um, could listen to the screaming females. I uh, that would make me happy. Awesome. <laughs>
Kuros, If It Makes You Happy, um, which I don't know if we've discussed that song on this podcast before. I'm pretty um, sure not, but you know. But know. Uh, it definitely rocked my uh, weak but growing 90s, mid-90s heart <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the, you know, at the... Uh, on the attack of puberty one might say. <laughs> um, that's interesting i was never like i i knew of it i didn't hate the song but uh or cheryl crow generally but i wasn't like into it it was too too femme for me uh the the sentiment of the chorus is uh the simple one to a simple but true emo it's a pretty classic ass pop song chorus yeah, lyric yeah yeah i would say it's an emo truth, <laughs> which at that, that point I was definitely in the mood for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, what well, grabbed you about this uh, take on it? Well, it's one of those songs that you just always would love to just, you know, if you had an, an excellent alternative rock band, just tear into. Absolutely. And that's exactly what they did to like pull out the last bit of angst from it. Yeah. Um, and it's as good as I thought it would be. Um, and what better vocalist to pull it off? Yeah, than Maria Paternoster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it is definitely a chorus that um, uh, accepts maximum shrieking. Um, you know, you can get as gravelly mm-hmm. uh, as you want on uh, as you just like launch into it, and. Um, like you said, it's perfect. It's so good. And then on top of that, their especially raw take on the guitar rock uh, of it is um, classic screaming females. And, um, uh, you know, kind of they're as good as anybody at doing that thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, the lucky people at this concert, or maybe at several concerts, got to hear this. I'm sure. This cover. Um uh, the the collection of B-sides and live rarities on This Is On has some other good tracks, including a cover of uh, Neil Young's Cortez the Killer, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorites, um, but uh, in this case, probably uh, kind of hard to do Neil Young's version justice. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't he, outplay Neil Young, really. Yeah. No. No. Tough. But I, I admire them for trying. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, generally, yes, this is an excellent uh, singles and rarities collection. Um, I'd also recommend uh, No Being Disgusting, mm-hmm. uh, among many others. Um, I, th- I just love this band. They're so good. It's, they're one of those bands that does the kind of the same thing every time, and I actually don't get tired of it. It's uh, just really good. Um, sort of like yeah. Dinosaur Jr., except I am, think I actually am less tired of Screaming Females than I am of Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> well, they need to, Screaming Females needs to do it like 10 more times to catch up with <laughs> Dinosaur Jr. True. So I think I might have to put sing, Screaming Females right up there at the top of my bands I've never seen that I need to see list. Yes, yes. I can't believe you have not seen them. Wait, have you seen them? No, I just, uh, you know. I can't believe you haven't seen, no, I don't know. I say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, they're great, and mm. uh, hopefully that gets fixed. Uh, yeah. We have more music to listen to, or is that all the Wolf, music? The Pusher. Yes. Yeah. 
Steppenwolf with the Pusher, uh, some very, very well-recorded classic rock, if you have some good cans. Um, mm, not on the YouTube video I just played. Yes. Uh, Spotify has the the um, reissued Easy Rider soundtrack in very nice streaming quality. Ooh, nice. Um, I, Paul, I put this on here as a representative of the um, uh, the Easy Rider soundtrack. Um, which uh, I have to say I'd never seen the movie uh, until recently. I still haven't seen it. There you go. You should. Um, uh, uh, The Easy Rider being a famous uh, literal and figurative drug trip, Mm. a motorcycle movie um, created by – written and directed by Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper, uh, starring them as well. Um, and uh, uh, as well as an amazing uh, supporting uh, role for Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. as a mayor's drunken son, <laughs> um, small town mayor's drunken son who uh, hops along for a ride. Um, and, what was amazing about the the music of this movie to me, which included the pusher there, but it also included, you know, born to be wild by seven wolf and, um, yeah. Uh, the weight by the band. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and, a bird song that's pretty famous. I feel yeah. Like. wasn't born to follow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, to, um, s- listen to those songs in the original context was just uh really kind of powerful they were so like they were good mm-hmm. but they also suddenly sort of contained the the vulnerability of their original you know source in mm. the young person's soul and um the movie pretty um uh kind of l- definitely illustrates that vulnerabilities in ways I will not give away uh, since mm-hmm. you need to see it. Um, but it, it just sort of showed me like a little more of the int- intent of the artist with these songs rather than just their like cultural impact, which I, you know, you feel now when you hear something like born to be wild. Yeah. 20, I mean, 50 years later or whatever the fuck. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. As you were starting the explanation, I realized what mm-hmm. you meant. Um, Cause yeah, these things come down to us as these like, it's like looking at the Sphinx or the pyramids, you know, mm-hmm. um, these monuments uh, from a time before ours. Um, even though that time was um, our dickhead parents' time, <laughs> <Yeah>. but um, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I jest, parents. We love you. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah. So if you, that's really interesting that it allowed you to access the feeling of experiencing it as like some sort of new, weird, fragile thing that might, um, that was uh, cool and powerful, but who knew what it meant in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was yours because it was, you know, even as a listener, because it was new um, and of your generation. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, you know, all credit to what is, you know, regarded universally as one of the best whatever films of all time um which see i didn't i didn't know that i did i did not think of it as uh, easy rider is considered one of the great movies ever i thought it was sort of like a well, cultural landmark more than anything else yes and i guess there's a, a a certain category of of films that fit that definition and it's kind of you unclear know, like jurassic park was like a cultural landmark but it's not one of yes. the greatest movies of all time yes um this movie is certainly um well i don't want to i can't distra- i can't diss jurassic park um <laughs> uh but the music here is definitely better uh, <laughs> um uh and that just it's what connected me is that you know i kind of saw these these drifters looking for meaning in america um i i saw um, you know, so much of my uh, kind of like doubt and wandering from certain times as we all have in our life. And um, mm-hmm. again, that sort of just to hear that in the music and to, to hear kind of how these these people making it, mostly the guys making it, were, you know, once like car seat headrest or whatever, just trying to get out uh, these overwhelming feelings like um, onto a record. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to think like when you start reading Wikipedia articles and it's like, oh, yeah, um, you know, Steppenwolf was hanging out with the birds and they were hanging out with Neil Young and they hung out with someone else. And um, I don't know. It it feels like when you read that, your default is to feel like all these gods hanging out with each other. It feels like reading about uh, Greek myths or something like that. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just like... um, a bunch of dudes who were part of a scene that uh, that was the scene that happened to catch on, you know? So it's not like amazing that they were all hanging out. They were just like, you know, a few of them got big and then their friends got big and that now they're historical legends. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, since that has already happened, it's, you need special portals to yeah perceive how they were perceived before that happened. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it can be difficult to understand things that happened before from after uh-huh. they happened. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> no, really, uh, it's, it's a good true. point. It's, it's true. <laughs> it uh, it really, it really is hard for people of our generation to conceive of some of these things that way, and that's that's interesting. I don't know. It'd be like, uh, you know. Hanging out with um, T.S. Eliot or somebody and then being like, oh, yeah, actually, he became the most famous poet ever. Weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, no, that's yes. And um, I'm sure T.S. Eliot would have really enjoyed Steppenwolf. Hmm. He was kind of a, a pissed off old man by the time he died, I think. I don't know. 
A uh, twenty, like a um, J. Alfred Prufrock era T. S. Eliot. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. No, he what, was. Cl- what classic rock band would he enjoy? I mean, to me, I mean, he's a total reactionary. Is the thing. So yeah. Ugh. It depressed <laughs> me about T. S. Eliot. <laughs> <laughs> no man it's true uh but a lot of reactionaries have exquisite uh artistic ability and taste so that's what we got there truth um anyway um yeah i should uh i should watch that movie i guess is the takeaway from this discussion <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah one more dip into the uh boomer generation before we go away joe uh you wanted to discuss the beatles um once more having the biggest selling album of a decade ah uh, yes yes true um and more interestingly like abbey road was the number one and um the top 10 list is all classic albums um except for lana ray's born to die mm-hmm. um which i Still not a recent edition, but you know, got the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Bob Marley, Amy Winehouse, Michael Jackson. Oh, you know what's funny? I just assumed it was Norman Rockwell since that just came out, but it is not at all. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um uh, and just it struck me as interesting that with the the vinyl comeback, uh, it was being powered by people um just needing to own their favorite albums in in kind of yet another format um, yeah. that has its advantages when you have a mint um well-pressed copy of it yeah uh but still i mean i fully support this uh it you know you would expect me to be against basic stuff i guess i you know um guardians of the galaxy being on here is kind of funny um but um i w- i want a copy of abbey road that's fresh and awesome and dark indeed cinnamon, you know i did just buy a, a copy of revolver that's fresh and awesome oh yeah so, yeah Ar- arguably their best mm-hmm. um and uh uh so i totally get it and you know it, vinyl is a not expensive habit but not a cheap one either um so it's gonna be older people um so you're gonna get a lot of legacy shit mm-hmm. And um, there is also the fact that this stuff all came out on vinyl originally. So um, not all yeah. of it, but most of it. So yes. that's fitting. I really yeah. don't have any complaints about people buying this old shit. On no. Vinyl. There you go. Um, I do wonder who is who are the 367,000 people who bought the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack on vinyl. I'm guessing but, Christmas gifts that year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that album is like, I believe one of the best-selling albums of the decade. Period. Yeah, it is. So it's probably just a um, artifact of that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, people probably talking about it, and then you know, you've got that one nephew you don't know what to buy for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he or that one uncle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either way, uh, but he's he's got a turntable. You know that, and you're like, yes. oh yeah. Um, you know, everybody likes this soundtrack, so that's probably what happened there. Um, you know, Amy Winehouse, respect to her. She, did she, I don't know if that album came out this decade, but it's pretty relatively recent by these mm-hmm. standards. So, um, that makes sense as a thing you would listen to on vinyl. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, this just occurred to me. How many of the decades since the '60s do you think the Beatles had the number one selling album in? Do you think it's all of them? 
No, because I'm sure Michael Jackson had the number one selling album oh, in the 80s. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So th- Thriller would have been made then. Yeah. The 70s, you know, it could have been like uh, Led Zeppelin or some huge pop album I'm not thinking of. There's, okay, let's. Um, I guess if you just look up top albums of the 70s, that will be also be top vinyl, unless the A track people were really skewing things. Okay, so 1960s. Uh, four of the top five are the Beatles with the revolver number one. Mm. Led Zeppelin uh, two is the only one that's on. Uh, uh, wait, this is a confusing list. Never mind. Yeah, that's it's just in the United. I don't want the United Kingdom. Google. No, I don't want to buy the... Yeah, Google is not happy that we are asking it this question. Yeah, it really doesn't know. Okay, this says that it was The Wall. Oh, no, this is the 100 best-selling albums of the night, of the 70s as of 2004. So who fucking knows when these were sold? Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, anyway. This is, this is, okay, this is a future topic we need to research. Indeed. Um, <laughs> um, but this seems to imply that this list has Fleetwood Mac's rumors as the top of seventies. Oh yeah, it probably was. Yeah, if that is to be believed. Like yeah, it's the single album. The Beatles may still have overall been number one. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about Um, single album. So yeah, but they they probably had the sixties, although it wouldn't shock me if like the Stones beat them or something. Thriller is number one. Yeah. Um of the eighties. And then in the nineties we're back to it being a nostalgia thing. Um I recently watched The Rock, and uh, Nick Cage is an obnoxious vinyl guy. I had totally forgotten about yeah. that. If we're talking about, wait, are we talking about vinyl? Or are we talking about like all no, albums? No, vinyl, vinyl, vinyl. Oh shit, I wasn't even looking at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I guess I was assuming through the seventies, it it just was vinyl. Yeah, through the seventies, and I, Thriller was early in the eighties, so I bet it was number one t- as well. Yeah, it was sixty-five million copies, but that's I'm sure many of that is CDs. But yeah, it, it had to be number one. It'd be the only other like. You two dire straits. <laughs> no, honestly, I bet bad was number two on this list. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, though, you know, that's when it's a I bet the Beatles took back over in the 90s, the aughts and the teens. But yeah, I don't I don't think many of Jagged Little Pills, like 30 million copies were no vinyl. Very few. Um, OK, Paul. Yeah, we've speculated about something that w- could be known <laughs> <laughs> quite enough. I indeed. Uh, this was a fun, breezy episode, I thought. Indeed. Yeah. It's nice to talk to you, Joe, mm-hmm. hear your voice. Yeah. Well, we got through. We we put the work in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Kobe would have wanted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? It's true. We got back to work. <laughs> I just don't even know what to say. Um, uh, Kobe... Um, this, our po- this podcast is our salute to your determination. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. I'm jutting uh, my teeth out in your honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will not berate you in his honor. <laughs> uh, one of us needs to get fat in Shaq's honor. Um, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll be the Shaq. I'm happy. Uh, you lazy uh, son of a bitch. Um, I know. <laughs> there it is. And we'll just end it there. No, you're uh, supposed to ask me how, how your ass tastes. That would be the way to yes, go from there. Uh well, I think I'd say my ass tastes like five stars on iTunes. Oh, rate and review us there, please. Yeah. Tell iTunes how our ass tastes. Mm-hmm. 
And <laughs> Sorry, <Mom>. on, on, <laughs> uh, on that note, we're just going to say good night. Good night. It's such a good podcast. <laughs>